President Trump tweeted today that a date and place have been set for his meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. And for their safety, they decided to have the meeting in a place where you wouldn't expect to find either of them in the treadmill section of an L.A. fitness. <laughs> They're both fat, you see. Oh, right. Fat. But the breaking news is out. It will be in Singapore on June 12th. And I have some Singapore fun, fun facts for you. Yes. Singapore is a city, a capital, and a state all at once, making it one of only three city states in the whole world. Oh, that is kind of a fun fact. I have always been confused by that. Now Sometimes I understand people it. people say it'll be a fun fact, and it's a fact, but it's not fun. That was fun. I've always been a little confused by that, So, I, but, I never, but I never cared enough to like Wikipedia. Now mm. I know. It's a city, a capital, and a state all at once. There are only two others, Monaco and Vatican City. I see. Singapore had the fir- world's first night zoo. Talking about my night zoo. <laughs> Seeing me a koala in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> this fact is just getting funner and funner. <laughs> also, <laughs> chewing gum is banned in Singapore, except for those of the medical prescription. You know, that they have a medical prescription for gum. That's <laughs> like the first thing I ever heard about Singapore. Yeah, I, Service people who go there. That's like the first thing they tell. Because before you get off your ship, they tell you, dudes, seriously, do not chew gum and don't smoke, too, right? A, a buddy of mine taught English in Singapore and was trying to convince me to do it years ago. He said it's awesome. He yeah. just, and you don't what a need, great experience. And you don't need anything other than your ability to speak English. Hey, I got that kind of gooder. Lots enough. of Lots of rich families who want their kids to learn to speak English. You see, in the rest of the world, you morons, everybody's trying to learn how to speak English because it's the best language to know to succeed in the world. But we've decided to abandon that in a lot of places in, in the United States. In America. Yeah. God help Don't us. Don't get me started. But self-loathing. Anyway. It's a weird, as a nation, we suffer from self-loathing. Anyway, he lived in uh, Singapore for like a year teaching English to, uh, to, to, to rich kids and, and, and hanging out and having a good time. And he said, by far the cleanest place he's ever been in his life. They're so strict on the laws yeah, and everything. Yeah. Like They're just immaculate everywhere Can you go. Can you get your cocktail on there? It's not a Muslim I'm country. So, yeah. I bet you can. Yeah. Knowing this friend of mine, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have done the job if you haven't uh, <laughs> oh, been able to drink. Enough so, said. Pretty much a non-starter, I'm guessing. Enough said. Uh, anything else you want to know? They got the world's tallest indoor waterfall. Well, is, uh, which how is tall is it? 35 meters. A meter? What's that? <laughs> a little more than a yard. About 39 inches. A Fire little me. machine that keeps track of something. That's what a meter is. Oh, I mentioned the, I mentioned the night zoo. Um, How you, many leagues is it if we're just using a random? Yeah. <laughs> the night zoo. And and you uh, <laughs> on my night zoo. You greet older folks on the street like a shopkeeper or a taxi driver's auntie or uncle, even if they're not related. I like the friendliness oh, of that. Yeah, it's charming. Hmm. I love it. Snoop, oh, and I'll Dogg hit you with... does, Snoop Dogg does something similar where everybody's his cousin. Yeah, right. I'll hit you with one more fun fact, then I'll be done with all my Singapore fun facts, because the rest of them are not that much fun. Uh, the president of Singapore must not be a member of any political party in order to run for office. What an interesting view of politics that is. I don't know what role the president of Singapore holds, because um, it's a dictatorship, isn't it? It's it must a be... benign Dictators. And he must be at least one cubit tall. <laughs> and weigh at least three stone. <laughs> so Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, uh, has published a uh, an article that I think ought to be distributed to every, every news outlet in America, and everybody ought to read it. It is so good. I meant to text him to hip him that we were talking about it, but you'll hear about it. Um, 
he talks about uh, Obamacare, um, Pipaka, because I don't want to make it about Barack Obama and the policy in that argument, but... No, and we're so long past that. The Republicans right. had their chance to change it. So, you know, oh, yeah. you can't you can't be blaming Obama for all this. I mean, Bunch of chickens. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but it was picked apart by both the Obama administration that chickened out on quite a bit of it. And then the Republicans. So it's a weird, like hollowed out, you know, Hulk. It's empty over here. It's full over there. But it doesn't even resemble what it originally was whether that was a good idea or not. And then Craig talks about how uh, health costs have actually grown and grown and grown since its its inception. It has not been affordable care by anyone's definition. But here's here's the important part. And I'm just going to quote it. While policyholders and covered employees are being hammered with a barrage of news media about the runaway costs of health care, double-digit premium increases, and an overall demise of the medical insurer model, something peculiar has been occurring over the past four to nine months. Costs are slowing and carriers are profiting. But have your renewal increases similarly moderated? No, in most cases they have not. Is this the inevitable result of free market for-profit health care? Hardly. We cannot remind our readers enough. We do not have free market health care in America. Instead, we have something more like an unholy alliance between a gargantuan rent-seeking oligopoly and big government. Recall that in California alone, 70% of all persons are covered by taxpayer-funded health care. Seventy percent. And what he's saying. Wow, that's incredible. In little words is now we have. And this is exactly what I was talking about the other day when I said a lot of you on the left, you say, no, see the free market. This is what happens. What you're pointing at is the opposite of the free market. It's big companies petitioning the giant, powerful government to twist laws and rules to their good. You know, it's the opposite of the free market. Plus a whole bunch of people that are on the taxpayer dime. So right. what you got there is something that will never end because the Republicans are happy with one part of it and the Democrats are happy with the other part of yeah. it. Yeah, it's an unholy alliance between a gargantuan rent-seeking oligopoly and big government. So Rent-seeking your big, your... is a is an economic term meaning currying favor with the government because that's how you get ahead. That's what the Soviet Union ran on. So your Wall Street Journal care more about corporations and people class that the republicans want to keep happy they're cool with it Mm -hmm. and then obviously you know people who want to grow the role of government and healthcare are cool with it yeah so both parties neither party is going to be interested in stopping this right so um one more thing and then i'll move on because you know i I don't well i don't i don't care whether you want to hear it i think it's important many people assume that the u.s healthcare system is primarily supported by private dollars such as insurance premiums from employer-based coverage said Gerald Kominsky, director of the UCLA Center for Health Policy Research and the study's lead author. Oh, you know, those arch weirdo libertarian conservatives at UCLA. But that's no longer the case, at least in California. It's not private dollars and employer-based coverage, mostly because the massive expansion of Medi-Cal... Um, in California in particular, the state's version of Medicaid and Medicaid itself. There's this myth that we have a mostly privately funded healthcare system, but we're approaching a point in which almost three quarters of this system is funded by public money. Now, a question to ask ourselves is, when do we reach the tipping point and say, this is essentially a public system? So let's come up with a better more efficient public system. Right, because the one we have currently which is, is pro- horrifically bad. Which is part of the goal of a lot of people. Yes, you it just, is. You get it so far down the road of its its government health care that you, yeah. well, you might as well just accept it. And- 
Well, old what's his name, the smug bastard um, who who helped Obama and it was caught on videotape explaining what they were doing. And uh, Barney Frank, there are speeches on videotape. You can watch them on YouTube where he's saying this is not our goal. I used to do a pretty good Barney Frank, but a it's been a long time, and b nobody remembers what he sounds like. But <laughs> he, he had like a cartoon. Hey, Fred, no, that's Barney Rubble. He had a cartoon. Andy. No, that's Barney Fife. Mm, no, no, he's. Uh, but he hey, had a... children, no, that's Barney oh. the dinosaur. Oh, can you do Barney Miller? I can't do a Barney Miller. Folks, I'm just going to step back for a while and have Jack signal me when he's done. Fish, would you hold No, I can't do a Barney Miller. Oh, boy. So uh, so you've got a system here that is an absolute uh, extortion rape of ratepayers, of you people, paying ginormous amounts to insurance companies that are making mind-boggling amounts of profit because they're plugged in to the government pipeline. What Obama said is you got to route these trillions of dollars through us. We'll decide how they're spent and where they go. And the insurance company said, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And so the ones that did the best at sucking up to government, slathering the bribes around and getting Congress to, to twist this law to their purposes are now getting crazy rich on your money with the smiling approval of the federal and state governments. I probably ought to devote the rest of my life to marching and and burning things and making speeches and writing clever chants and the rest of it. You know, I I probably won't, but this is a perfect example of big government gone horribly wrong and we the people getting screwed. So I'm sorry to bring you such depressing news. That argument, that that, that, that ship has sailed. That whole thing is over, right? It's just a matter of when we all just accept... Okay, let's come up with a more efficient government health care as opposed to this. Singapore's got an interesting plan. Got plenty of texts, by the way. You can drink in Singapore if you're planning on going for the big summit. Woo! Woo! I was going to have to uh, pack my own and suitcase it, as they say in prison. You were going to suitcase some gin? Yeah. Well, that was my plan. It was a tentative plan. Yeah, You know, kind of a rough draft. Like a pint? Uh... Oh, no. Yeah, 1.75 liter. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky's angry tweet that's getting some attention, among other things and coming some in. of the trolling that went her way on the Twitter. Unfortunate. Oh, I haven't heard that. Unfortunate. <laughs> oh, Hillary. Do you Hillary. remember that? Remember when we were all shocked to find out the government was looking at our phone records? <laughs> yeah. Wait till you hear this. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. years ago was it i guess it was julian assange that had alerted to this no 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 or it was julian assange through what was the computer hacker in hawaii who lives in uh russia now oh he worked for the government yeah so snowden let us know that the government's collecting all these phone records right and and everybody went crazy oh my god right the nsa right yeah that the nsa was collecting our phone data everybody went crazy for like a couple of days 
and then since then has become perfectly comfortable with way more surveillance than that. Right. Whatever, we had a burst of, oh my God, you shouldn't do that. And then it went away pretty quickly. Oh, civil liberties, right. Uh, Ian Bremer tweeted, number of records collected from phone companies by the NSA. In 2016, 151 million. In 2017, 534 million. That's how much it grew one year from 2016 to 2017 in terms of the phone records the NSA has. Went from 151 million to 534 million in a year. Nobody cares about that. Hmm. I don't even know why I wasted the time even talking about it. But we were horrified by it. I mean, like, it was the story for, for a couple of weeks. Were Stormy Daniels records collected? Exactly. Uh, back to sex with Monica Lewinsky, ladies and gentlemen. So Monica Lewinsky was invited to... I don't to recall the name. The Town and Country Magazine. It's a big deal. They are having an event about uh, stricter gun control. It was one of your you know, make the world a better place sort of get-togethers. And they um, invited Bill Clinton, apparently. And then she got bumped. Monica Lewinsky was invited. She got bumped from the invitation, apparently, she thinks, because Bill Clinton decided he was going to show up. Right. She was bumped from the Lifestyle Mag's annual philanthropy summit after Clinton came on board to introduce one of the uh, gun activists. Lewinsky denounced this diss in a tweet. Dear world, Please don't invite me to an event, especially one about social change. And then after I've accepted, uninvite me because Bill Clinton then decided to attend slash was invited. It's 2018. Emily Post def would not approve. <laughs> P.S. That's a very dry and sarcastic uh, shot. Yeah, that it's uncool to invite somebody then uninvite them. Yeah. P.S. Indefinitely, please don't try to ameliorate the situation by insulting me with an offer of an article in your magazine. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that is so weak. Well, they dumped her for a bigger celeb. Oh, the two of them don't get along? Get rid of Lewinsky. That's the way it goes. So, it's complicated, right? Um, a lot of people that supported Bill Clinton have since turned on him and thought he had openly said, U.S. Senators have openly said Clinton should have had to resign over that. I'm I'm still conflicted about this. She was 22, which is very young, but you've been an adult for four years. You're a full-on adult. I mean, you're a full-on. My mom was 22. She had been married for a couple of years and had me. Right. I mean, not that long ago, you were definitely considered an adult at mm-hmm. 22. Mm-hmm. Legally, you commit a murder or any other crime you commit, you're certainly an adult at 22. So is is Monica enough of a victim that he should have had to have resigned or, or or whatever. I don't know. I still don't she know. She famously answer. came on to him, yet even, even if there's she a didn't, power imbalance. Even if she didn't. Yeah. I mean, she's 22 years old. Right. Decided she wanted to sex up the boss. And, and vice he said, versa. Yeah. If nothing else, let's just call it a completely consensual relationship. It would say, although, you know, those who are uh, tied up in knots over this stuff would point to the power imbalance and the victim right. oppressor, blah, blah, blah. Life gets very complicated if we're going to go with that. Yeah, no kidding. Life gets very complicated. Well, and it becomes entirely academic and artificial and written on a chalkboard and bears no relationship to reality. Few of the texts, uh, tweets in reply to Monica Lewinsky's uh, statement. Some of them less than kind, Jack. Brace yourself. A lot of people are standing up for uh, her. uh, Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC this morning, hardcore blasting the Clintons and and, in Town and Country magazine for doing that, Um, saying Monica Lewinsky was a victim of this and that, and that's uncool. Well, I do think it's uncool to uninvite her. I think you tell uh, President Clinton, Monica Lewinsky's going to be there. We thought we'd give you a heads up. 
But you can't uninvite her. Yeah, that's weak. Anyway, one of the first replies to her tweet was, you realize if you didn't blank a married man who is POTUS, he wouldn't have been invited in the first place, right? <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. God. And Monica got hooked. As if the tweeter had grabbed her by her thong. <laughs> Monica decided to get into a fight with this gal. I'm glad you found that. That's the ones I was going to bring to your attention. Go ahead. And tweeted, yes. Yeah, so she, Monica actually reacted to that. Yeah. My first job out of college was at the White House. Yeah, I definitely would have had a career that might have gotten me invited to a philanthropy summit. Okay, kind of sidestepping the issue. The other person goes back, pardon me, Monica, as the daughter of a Brentwood oncologist who went to SMC, that first job was an unpaid internship garnered through family ties. You give yourself airs. Which is a decent point also. Yeah. If you had family connections because your dad's a big donor and you got to be an intern there, it doesn't necessarily mean you're on the fast track to uh, power. Who am I and what's my life that I've decided to devote some time to bringing Monica Lewinsky down a peg, <laughs> though? What, who is this person? <laughs> I don't know. But on it went. Monica replies, honey, I was technically hired at the White House from my internship before anything happened and was writing not just Xeroxing in my internship because of my application essay. Have a nice life. Oh! oh! Some guy in a beret said, I support you. Nice job, beret. Way to be a gentleman. Some woman with dangly earrings said, so do I. Yes, dangly. Shake your earrings for justice. If the berade and the dangled earrings can come together and support, it's a a beautiful moment. A woman with her head tilted sideways, as a lot of people do in these shots, too. (laughs) It's a good good thing. Chin forward, tilt, tuck. The big tilt, the sideways picture, is to distract from any asymmetry you have. Oh, I got to start doing it. I'm just going to go sideways. (laughs) (laughs) Kim, that's the girl that got into the argument with Monica, can kick rocks. Sounds like she never had the pleasure of making a mistake the whole world could judge her for, which is true. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Monica, you're a smart, funny, talented, and amazing. At BJ's. I put oh! that I put that in there. Oh! Forget well, people like unfortunate. this. Oh. That is I'm unfortunate. Oh. Let the record show that was Jack, not Joe. Willow, who has an eye I patch. I don't engage in such filth. Willow, who's wearing a, a, a wacky eye patch in Yarr. her picture. It's been 20 years. You'd think people could behave like adults, even if they were in the same place. Like, how many divorced parents attend their kids' weddings without being S's about it? <laughs> <laughs> I like that term. as a verb. Right. Way to go, Patchy. <laughs> I mean, as a noun. Yeah. Applying to a person. You you're a little spit. You're an S. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're you don't have to S. be an S about it. Don't be an S. <laughs> Ship. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many, how many women or men have made that kind of mistake, but you didn't end up a worldwide national everywhere? Everybody knows you everywhere you go figure. Well, and from the Never Forget Department, let's remember who was the lead attack dog in assassinating Monica's character. Yeah. That would one be one Hillary Rodham Clinton. Right. Future Paul, candidate for the presidency. Called her a psycho. Right. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, date and place for the trump Un summit set hours after North Korea releases three Americans. And I've got important royal wedding viewing tips that oh, you need to know. Coming oh, up golly. minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Monarchy, you can't get in Twitter arguments with everybody who says something unkind about you. Really, after 20 years, seriously, you got to be able to let it go. Poor girl. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way, a couple more things on Monica Lewinsky is in the news again today. She is the intern who uh, 
Bill Clinton had sex with and started a was involved in the entire impeachment proceeding. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. According work. to him. Oh, that's right. He did not have sex with that woman, Miss Miss Lewinsky. Um, she has. I was reading from her Twitter. She has seven hundred and thirty-two Twitter followers. That's how big a deal she is. Wow. Wow. Wait, who has seven hundred thirty-two? Monica Lewinsky. Thousand or just seven hundred thirty-two? Seven hundred thirty-two. Unless I looked at the wrong number. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, um, she's got to have more than that. I hope I'm not on a fake account. Anyway, oh I'm looking at some of these pictures. Fake news. I'm looking at some yeah. of the pictures she's got she in her. She appears to have 272,000. Okay. That's um, the number I'm oh, seeing. Oh, she's yeah. following 750. Okay. I looked at the wrong number. Anyway, I'm looking at some of the pictures in her feed. Just an idea what her life is like now. Here she is with her boyfriend or husband or whatever. Arms are for hugs at some sort of anti-violence rally. Oh, boy. And uh, here she is with Thanks some sign that says, may all beings be at ease. And says, that's, that's the sort of person... She is, and Her was easily thing is standing up to bullying. Was easily uh, wooed by a, a smooth talking president, and there you go. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we now know the date and the place for the upcoming summit between the U.S. and North Korea. President Trump tweeting this morning the highly anticipated meeting between Kim Jong Un and myself will take place in Singapore on June twelfth. We will both try to make it a very special moment for world peace. My Inclination. Well, the, the smart bet is that it goes like the previous attempts have gone. Uh, initially promising, then poorly as the North Koreans cheat. But there are some differences. You do have a new guy in charge, and he's very young. It's easy to forget. He's like 32, they think. And so... China's showing more interest in yeah, putting pressure yeah, than exactly. they ever, ever have before by far. Huge factor. And, and the North Koreans really need Chinese approval and trade and the rest of it. Uh, and, and Trump, the, the wild man uh, principle, they're not quite sure what he right. will do. The number one thing might be that it's the first time you've got a president that you think, you know, he might actually bomb us. Yeah. Which so, is true. That yeah. is actually true. He yes. might actually do that. Or, or super fortify South Korea. You know, who knows? Uh, so this one's going to be just crazy interesting to watch. You know, I've, I've got to admit, this is the same part of me that thought when Tiananmen Square was going on, the good part of it that this might be one of the great moments in world history. Turned out, not so much. But yeah. I've got to admit, I, I, I hope it may be. Yes, Michael. Since Donald Trump is involved, will this evolve into like a primetime special? I, yeah, I wonder oh, how much yeah. of this we're going to see. Um, and Trump is going to say something wacky. Isn't that almost guaranteed? How about you put them both in the Big Brother house? I mean, Little Fathead said... To the president of South Korea, well, at least I won't be waking you up in the morning anymore. Ha, ha, ha. Right. Isn't that <laughs> yeah. funny that I tested an H-bomb right. right next to your capital and it, you know, jarred you out of bed? I mean, that, so he's capable of making some weird jokes. Yes. If he makes a comment like that to Trump, who knows how Trump responds? Oh, boy. <laughs> the announcement of the uh, date and place coming on the same day the three Americans came home after being held in captivity by North Korea. They came back with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and were greeted by President Trump at Andrews Air Force Base early this morning, early this morning in Maryland. They are really three incredible people. And the fact that we were able to get them out so soon was some really a tribute to a lot of things, including a certain process that's taking place right now. Pompeo had been in the North to finalize details on the summit. 
And everybody gathered at the ceremony. Trump also said. So I want to thank you all. It's very early in the morning. Uh, I think you probably broke the all-time in history television rating for 3 o'clock in the morning. That I would say. Russia. That I would say. I must say. (laughs) Russia getting involved in the Iran-Israeli tensions. Russia is now saying the Israeli strikes on Iranian facilities in Syria have marked a dangerous escalation. Well, that much is true. Urging both Israel and Iran to avoid provoking each other. The foreign minister from Moscow says the strikes are a very alarming development. He noted that in contacts with the leadership of both countries, Russia underlined the necessity of avoiding any actions that might be mutually provocative. Hmm. Russia donning its calming things hat. Yes. Like that charming interlude when they vowed to rid Assad of his chemical weapons. White House earlier condemned Iran's rocket attacks on Israel from Syria and backed Israel's right to act in its own self Defense. So many flashpoints that could turn into yes. giant, I mean, yeah, you know, world history changing sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But there always is, really. So what are you going to do? Now, I know a lot of you are interested in this. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's royal weddings just over a week away. And there's going to be plenty of coverage in the U.S. for all of you who want to watch the two tie the knot. The ceremony, Saturday, May 19th. And because of the time difference, the noon wedding there will start in the U.S. at 4 a.m. West Coast time. Now, if you want to get up even earlier, there'll be a pre-show. No, I don't, so you can stop now. CBS, <laughs> NBC, and ABC are all covering it, as well as PBS, Fox News, and HBO. What time do I got to... You'd have to uh, get up at 4 a.m. to catch it live, however... And, so, and you'd have to be the sort of person that yes. needs to see it live. Like, I'm not going to watch any of it anyway. I, I won't have any choice with all these TVs on. We'll see lots of clips of it, but... You'd have to be the sort of person that not only wants to see it, but you have to see it live. You can't tape it and watch it later in the day or when you get up. That's, that's how much it means to you. Well, now I can't even imagine that. <laughs> now, now, Jack, if you want it at a more convenient time, Fathom Events will be showing the wedding at 200 movie theaters across the country. Not live, but starting at 10 a.m. local time. Wow, they think there's a market for it. Yep. Obviously. And I'm wondering... God dang it. I'm wondering, is Armstrong and Getty Royal reporter Nigel Rotund going to be there? If we got, He got probably an, ought to be. When When is this? That's going to be the 19th, May I'll 19th. Call him. Isn't he still in the hospital with the gout? <laughs> He's usually in the hospital <laughs> with the gout. Uh, so uh, it's the red-headed one getting married this time, right? Is that yeah, right? The, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the helicopter guy from Afghanistan. The one that looks like Princess Diana's bodyguard. Right. Yeah. Exactly like him, as if he's his son. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. a studly dude, man. He is a, a good man right. by any measure. Right. Uh, any mockery of the nuptials do not, uh, you know, should no. not reflect on our opinion of the gen. No, what a rough situation. Your, your mom dies when you're a little kid. You get older, you figure out, I mean, he's got to be aware my dad's probably not who my mom was married to at the time. Allegedly. Um, well, he's got to well, be aware of that, right? Constant public scrutiny yeah. while yeah. dealing with grief in, you know, semi in public. And, Your uh, brother's a balding little weirdo. No, he's not. No, he's How not dare you? No. Please. He's, he's a not? good man, yes. Prince okay. William. Okay. He is balding, though. Uh, but this. Uh, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but Harry is, has done great work in talking about mental health and the rest of right. it. He's mm-hmm. a good man. I like him. Yeah. Indeed. I think he's marrying a. I think he's making a terrible mistake. Oh really? Oh yeah. No, off with her head. (laughs) (laughs) That's your news. Barbaric. He's got an option that a lot of us don't have. That's right. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show. (laughs) 
the conscience of the nation. Oh my God. He's going to have to get started to break Henry VIII's record. But How weird would it be to be in that lineage? Oh my God. <laughs> Can't imagine. If he he doesn't have a chance of being king, right? Because his brother's older. I mean, it would take all kinds of weird things happening. But <laughs> I've seen Game of Thrones. All sorts of stuff is possible. <laughs> so a dragon eats his brother, and yeah. all this stuff happens. Yeah. I can see him ending it. I can see him being the kind of guy that says, "All right, that's enough of this silliness. Right, it's over. This is ridiculous. We're gonna sell all this stuff, give it to charity. I'm gonna go back to helicopters. I kind of like them. Turn this into a hotel, and uh, we're done. Sorry about beheading my Hollywood starlet first wife. That was an ugly moment. I kind of succumbed to the whole royal thing. I apologize. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a bell helicopter to work on. Right, uh, that's awesome. You're not the only one that's tired of Saturday Night Live's cold opens. I'm glad to hear this. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So what up, girl? Hello, Donald. Come on, Stormy. Stop making such a big deal about this. Everyone knows it's just an act. I work in adult films. We're not really known for our acting. So that was from Saturday Night Live, Stormy Daniels, and it was the usual. And, and I've been complaining about Saturday Night Live as a guy who's been watching it since I was a kid. That it's just, it, it's the worst it's ever been. The good stuff is still great. It's almost always when they're not doing politics mm. that it's still freaking awesome. Musical guests are great, all that sort of stuff, but just so tired of this. Well, I was happy to see that somebody from the from uh, Vice wrote an article about this. Um, I come as a friend, this uh, writer Harry Cheadle from Vice said, your cold opens are terrible. Terrible, cringeworthy pieces of self-satisfied liberal propaganda that are sometimes so bad they seem like parodies of themselves. Even if you avoid Saturday Night Live, you probably hear about these cold opens which are consistently politically themed, though themed may be too strong a word because they're mostly just recaps of the political news of the week performed by A-list celebrities. The star power of having Ben Stiller, Scarlett Johansson, Jimmy Fallon, etc. But there's no joke there. Beyond the novelty, the jokes are tired references to current events that never build on one another. Instead, they're just simply limply tossed out as obvious applause lines to an anti-Trump crowd. Wow, that's well said. And that's exactly what it is. And Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then Alec Baldwin portraying Trump is severely mentally retarded. So Rob Schneider apparently wrote something for the New York uh, Daily News. Rob Schneider, hate the copy. Making the copies. <laughs> Jack the Jackman, the Jackaroo. Among, among other things that he is known for on Saturday Night Live. He said, um, bah, 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 bah. he said they're too heavy-handed to the left. The fun of Saturday Night Live was always you never knew which way they leaned politically, he told the New York Daily News. He kind of assumed they would lean more left and liberal, but now that the, that the cat's out of the bag that they're completely against Trump, I think it makes it less interesting because you know exactly which direction every piece is going. I would agree. I would agree. It's just not that interesting. And the whole, Trump's going to be impeached because he's a lying cheat. Yeah! I mean, I don't even know why they take the why they even try to make a jump. Why don't they just come out there and say we hate Trump? Woo! 
Woo! Save time in the writer's room. Yeah, and everybody cheers. Yeah. All right. I'm as glad that somebody like Vice acknowledged what I had seen. It's just, okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of acknowledging things, I really want to acknowledge a, a couple of people and events very quickly. 51-year-old Stephen Seeley, who broke into Governor Jerry Brown of California's mansion, of California's mansion. He's a son's home himself, Mr. Seeley. And uh, while I'm no fan of burglary, when he was uh, accosted by the local media, he said, well, he's an open-door policy kind of guy, so I figured the door would be unlocked, or else I wouldn't have ran over there if I thought the door would be locked. He described himself as using methamphetamine virtually every day. Wow. Um, sees wild animals on the streets of Midtown Sacramento. Um, you know, I've been to Midtown Sacramento. I didn't see any. Um, he said uh, a, a number of other odd things. I thought the governor was in trouble. I thought he was in danger of being attacked by the wild animals. So I walked in. I yelled, Jerry. But then he threw in his line about, well, he's kind of an open-door guy, so I thought I could walk in his, that's some pretty good political parody, by an aging homeless tweaker. And then I have had this, this uh, tab open for several days to talk about it, hoping to, to slip it in. Um, there's a, a new movie called Little Pink House that's coming out. For you and me? No. It is about the house at the center of uh, Kilo versus Connecticut. Was that the name of the, the case? Hey, baby, the, I remember when you could stop a clock. It's not that pink house? No, different. Di- that's, it has nothing to do with John Cougar Mellencamp, Jack. Okay. It's about the famous Kilo case in which... You know, the long and short of it is uh, officials wanted to take a bunch of land that had modest houses on it and confiscate the land, you know, pay them, quote unquote, a reasonable amount for their houses, um, including people who had no desire to move. They loved their houses. It was their house. They wanted to stay there. But the government took it by eminent domain to give it to a private developer who would build facilities designed to benefit Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, soon-to-be-built corporate headquarters. In theory, this is all better for the the public good in general. And in the uh, inexplicable, indefensible decision, the Supreme Court said, yeah, it's, it's generally in the public good, so yeah, to confiscate people's homes and give it to a private developer... Um, you know, it raises all ships eventually. So, yeah, we're going to let you do that. Obviously, if you start down that road, it's just never ending. Well, right, right. So, you know, every home in America could become a shopping mall or an amusement park or a golf course or whatever. That if may the, or may not work out and do the public any good. Don't get ahead of me. Um, just because the local council decides, you know what, we'd rather have a golf course than your houses. So, F you. And we think about 120 grand's fair. Get out which is what the Supreme Court decided. It's absolutely horrible. Here's the punchline, and I hate to give away the end of this movie, um, that some, some friends of ours, including the Pacific Legal Foundation, are, uh, are helping out with this movie. Uh, um, so the, the fight goes all the way to the Supreme Court. They get their homes taken away, flattened the rest of it, kicked off their house by the ocean. A decade later, it's still a barren lot. They never built the effing thing. The bills and the thrills and the pills that kill. Would you shut up? (laughs) (laughs) Just when I'm getting ahead of steam. (laughs) 
But so the uh, our friends at the Pacific Legal Foundation are screening the thing here and there. Uh, for information about it, go to armstrongandgetty.com. You might as well play it. If you're going to join in with Dr. Dippess over here, <laughs> armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. I'm so sorry, Joe. Surrounded by usurpers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here I am trying to fight for what's good and decent in America. So, Undermined. Uh, you mentioned the governor of California, a buddy of mine who votes in that state, was showing me some of the choices from his, his apparently the paper ballot thing went out. Ah. Uh, what do you call that? The voting guide. And he uh, sent me this one candidate for governor who I don't think was on the stage for the debate the other day, Christopher Carlson. The only thing it says under his description that are often like, you know, a thousand words long of your background and history and what you want to do. All it says is teach your children calculus and keep the planet safe or feathered stones and empty bowls will be their fate. That's what his uh, whole stance is in terms of running for governor. There's no arguing with that. And then you got somebody running for the U.S. Senate who says, that's a campaign for sanity. There's no such thing as transgender. It doesn't exist. That's his uh, status. Oh, boy. There you go. While this is a great song of respect and admiration for the everyday lives of the common people, it has nothing to do with the movie. Little Pink House. Well, they shouldn't have named it that if they didn't want people to go there with their mind. Huh? I didn't go there. I see John Cougar dancing around in a field of wheat. what I see. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.